With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good wherever you might be. I'm glad you can join me. If you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. And if you're in the chat room, make sure you say hello to everybody. The chat room at uh, TalkShoe, of course, is usually not very busy, but the one in Unseen can be. So if you want to go to Unseen, that's U-N-S-E-E-N dot I-S, you can join us at one called Ground Crew. Just come and join us there if you want to. But remember... I hope he's listening to this. We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. You are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. You are not alone. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. We're in this together. Welcome to the broadcast here. Again, my name is Dr. John Waterman, and welcome to the Waterman Files. We won't have a guest today, but uh, we will be having some guests starting to show up on a regular basis, and one of them is going to be uh, James Fetzer, as we all try to keep up with what's getting ready to happen, we think. And we have a variety of sources and information for you today, but today's focus is going to be communications. And uh, I hope you stay tuned for this. And you might want to grab you a pencil and paper. Uh, just to even make notes, some of the stuff is going to be uh, downloadable from the Waterman Files. I'll give you all that information here real soon. And uh, I hope you took time. We had to, I had to go out of town, but I hope you took time Friday to read the uh, May 14th post. And... Uh, that would have been uh, Thursday, of course, that I put it up, announcing that we wouldn't have a broadcast on Friday. But I did tell you a very important story. And the reason why I thought we need to revisit some of this information is because there is somebody getting ready to run for president. And we need to make sure that Hillary Clinton has all the ample opportunity possible to reveal her qualifications for running. (laughs) 
So we put a lot of information up there for you to uh, watch. I hope you had a chance to watch uh, the Corbett's report, uh, basically uh, about the secret life of Timothy McVeigh. Yep, the secret life of good old Timothy McVeigh. Uh, Very thought-provoking, folks. One of the important things that I want you to realize is that I was, unbeknownst to me, because of my friend, Frank, involved in the search for John Doe number 2, and a show that will be coming up real soon, because we're not going to let Hillary and her of rogue criminals alone until she fades off into the sunset. And fade she will. (laughs) Okay. Let me tell you something that's kind of neat. There is something that I think you might have fun with, and if anything at all related to the web bot comes true, one of them might be, of course... The WebBot's prediction of lots of UFO activity and the lots of (laughs) uh, UFO activity is planned to be coming up this uh, starting, uh, what was it, July? Or was it June? I can't keep this timetable for this year straight. It's June or July. So what are you going to do? Hey, well, you might want to check out something called A-R-U-F-O-N. What's that stand for? The Amateur Radio UFO Network. Let me tell you what it is again, because this has to do with communications. The Amateur Radio UFO Network. And it is A-R-U-F-O-N dot org. A-R-U-F-O-N dot org. Somebody might want to chat, put that in the chat to make sure everybody that can't write as fast as I talk gets it. They meet on a frequency and talk, and so you can listen. Today's focus on communications gives you some information that's going to be important for this and many other things. This is just kind of a fun one. And uh, the frequency they meet on is, write this down, 3.9777. That's megahertz. So if you go to the Internet radio and you put it in because it's in kilohertz, you don't put the dot in. Did you know that? But you type in or enter in your radio, if you have a shortwave listening radio, 3.9777. Seven seven seven, and you'll want to be in not AM mode but sideband, and it's on lower sideband. So on your little switch, you'll want to put LSB for lower sideband, and it is on Tuesdays and Saturday. So tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. So Tuesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern is when they meet. Now they do have, excuse me, 
an alternative frequency if the primary one is blocked or being used or you can't get uh you can't hear them because of the propagation uh in the weather and so forth so here's the sec- here's the backup is 7.236.5 of all else fells call this number <laughs> 508-839-8817. Let me give it to you again. I'm going to give it to you three times. 508-839-8817. Now, this is kind of old stuff. Hopefully, this number is still okay. But if it's not, let me know. Now, you do know that this is the Amateur Radio UFO Network, but MUFON you know, that's the Mutual UFO uh, Network. They have their own amateur radio network. And uh, they meet at 7.237. And they meet at Saturdays, 8 p.m. Central. So they're real close to the other one, right? And probably they overlap, but... <laughs> That's the MUFON radio network. All of this is lower sideband. Folks, that's kind of interesting to uh, know that they have that going. And man, if this summer is supposed to be as active as it's going to be, I bet you there's going to be a lot of talk about it. And that'll be real interesting to find out about. If you're Wanting to get right to some really good information, you can go to the Waterman Files. Um, I have up on the Waterman Files for today some pictures. And to get started, why don't we start talking about uh, the primary focus of today's communication show is about listening on to radio. What kind of communications will you need? First of all, folks, you do know. You do know that (laughs) about the only thing you can trust, and of course you can't trust it all that much, is the weather information. But at least you'll have some kind of idea what to expect weather-wise if you have a radio that allows you to get weather reports through the weather service. Now, that would be a really important aspect to have when all the communications is down and nowhere else to go. I guess you could walk outside your door and go, well, I guess it's raining, you know, I'm getting wet. Uh, You know when it's the scariest is when it turns into that really weird-looking green color sky and there's not one single leaf moving. It gets kind of scary right before a tornado hits and uh, so you might be in that part of the world but it's not being picky anymore where you have a tornado Uh, it's not just Texas Oklahoma Kansas and you know in the east or western side of Missouri they're having them out there in Colorado in the mountains and all kinds of strange places But primarily what I want to talk to you about is the type of radios that you might want to have to listen to and how to listen, 
where to get them, what kind to get, that kind of thing. That's what we're going to be talking about today. As you know, if you go to the Waterman files, over on the right-hand side is a, a, a narrow column and down a ways is a category called Radiocom Links. And there's one there that says Shortwave Radio Online and Shortwave Radio Online number two. Those give you the control of shortwave radios via the Internet so that you can listen to any channel you want. You don't have to ask any permission. You can listen to any frequency you want. But you have to remember that you're only going to hear what that particular actual radio, by the way, that's an interface via the computer interface and the Internet hooked up to a real shortwave radio setting in some location that has an antenna attached to it, right? It might be in the Netherlands. It depends on which ones you've got this one is. So if it's not the right location on the planet for shortwave listening, um, you might have a problem. But most of the time, you can listen to shortwave somewhere. It just means you might have to go higher in numbers. It might mean you have to go lower in numbers. And I couldn't get a clear picture for it, but there's when they transmit from the radio transmitter, what they are doing is it's not going straight around to you or straight to you. It's bouncing off the upper atmosphere and bouncing back down to the planet, and it goes back and forth like a ping-pong ball or a <laughs> or a uh, pinball machine, a ball and a pinball machine, until it gets to you. So it bounces around the curvature of the Earth, and bam, it hits your antenna, and you get to hear the radio station. But if the frequency is, uh, I mean, if the station is on... A different time frame, it might not have the kind of atmosphere to get it, get you the signal. So it just depends on sunspot activity, uh, whether it's day, whether it's night. And so in shortwave radio, there's something to remember. There's daytime frequencies and nighttime frequencies, and then there's one that goes right in the middle of that. And it won't reach as far, but it will do. It'll reach if you've got a lot of power behind it. So these kind of things are going to be into. Uh, they're going to be into um, a book that I put up that was written called Radio Monitoring: A How-To Guide. At the Waterman Files, you can pick that book up free. He has the author has made the book. Um, a open uh, for distribution free type of book. And let me read the uh, the rest of the title. It says, Never has so much information about getting started in so many aspects of radio monitoring. This has nothing to do with transmission. Uh, this is about listening. So this complete how-to guide 
for listening to radio, shortwave radio, or any kind of radio, uh, for that matter. And uh, so this book is right there. All you have to do on the Waterman Files is uh, click where it says underneath the picture of the radio and underneath today's uh, topic, it says topic communications. If you click on the underlined title, Radio Monitoring, a how-to guide, it'll open up a PDF. You can download this uh, PDF, and now you have uh, a book called Radio Monitoring, a How-To Guide. So you've got your nice uh, book there. It's 348 pages. It talks about uh, basically daylight frequency guides there. It talks about uh, wave propagation. If you want to get into that, you don't have to. Uh, it talks about monitoring short waves. There's something also, if they're short, there must be long, right? Well, there's also medium, too. So we have medium radio frequencies. We have short wave radio frequencies. And the short wave radio is where most of us listen because it can reach around the world. But there's other kinds of ham radios that are more local to your area, and it's covered in there. And uh, so this is a very, very um, good resource. Uh, it even talks to you about hooking your receivers up to your computers. And let me tell you why. Have you ever gone on a radio and heard this, or that's Morris code, but how about the and it sounds like a fax machine going. Did you know you can hook that up to a computer, the sound? And then the sound, you can get a free software package, and you can have your computer translate these fax signals, and you get a picture. Or if you do the uh, digital uh, signals, you can get words, which is you know, packet bursts. They go, Zzz. it sounds like a fax, but it's it's words is what it is. Yes, they transmit television over a ham radio. They transmit faxes over uh, ham radio signals, and it sounds just like your little fax machine in little spurts. And up comes a picture. But you have to have it, of course, hooked up to something that can do something with those sounds because just listening to it isn't going to work. And so what you can do is you can have your computer change those weird sounds into something that's useful. One of the things that uh, is really important when we start listening to um, or getting ready to uh, get into uh, radio is, first of all, I got I don't have one. What do I do? Well, let me go over some of this aspect for you. First of all, a shortwave radio is probably the most important. If all it has is shortwave, I would be surprised because most radios today have AM, FM, and shortwave. 
at least. Now, some of them are adding this emergency weather information channel on there, too. And you just push the button, and it picks up the frequency local to you. Because uh, the weather information is always the same frequency nationwide. It's kind of like going to any phone in America and hitting 911, okay? So you'll always have that frequency. So it's programmed in radios, no matter where the radio goes, whether it's California or New York or Texas, you'll be able to pick up the emergency broadcast stuff. But, you know, that's depending on government, huh? So if we don't want to depend on government, where are we going to hear emergency information most of the time? If the radio station's not doing it, then you're going to have to go to shortwave radios. Well, there are a variety of shortwave radios that you can get at the very top of my post, today's post, at the Waterman Files. You're looking at a silver Sanjian 909. This is the top of the class in portable radios. Portable radios means you can pull the antenna up and slide the antenna back down in it and put it in your uh, little tote bag. You might even be able to put this one so small, you might even be able to put it in a bigger purse. It's that small, but it's very powerful. And the quality is at the top of portable radios. Now, tabletop radios are so small now and lightweight too that they really are portable also. But this was made to run uh, as a portable, small, easy-to-handle, go-anywhere type radio. And it runs on regular AA-type batteries. Now, what's good about this? Well, it's because the sensitivity of the equipment gives you extremely uh, good quality reception. In other words, some some uh, radios can't pick up. They're not sensitive enough. Their equipment inside will not pick up something because it's not sensitive enough. So what you want to do is you want to get a radio that has good good quality sensitivity. Now, you may not want to pay the price tag because this might be on sale at $225, $250, see? So we're not going to stop at just this one, although this is the top of the portable shortwave listening class. Now, there could be some others, but this is uh, probably at the top. If you scroll down to the next picture, you're going to see an older but still very, very good quality Radio Shack, a shortwave radio. If anybody's seen one of these and has it, keep it, okay, if it works. They don't sell this anymore. In fact, this radio was replaced by Sanjian, and the Radio Shack, of course, doesn't sell it. And by the way, you know, they're closing gobs and gobs and gobs of Radio Shack stores, so there's no real use in buying anything from Radio Shack right now because if they're out of business, they're not going to be able to give you a warranty or anything. So buy a radio with a brand name like Sanjian or like the next one below, Grundig. 
The one below is a well-known radio. It's got little handles on the side. It's pretty rugged. Uh, it's called the Grundig Satellite, and uh, it's a real important uh, radio to listen to. Uh, the the Grundigs, uh, yeah, you can type uh, uh, type. Oh, okay. Can somebody type the model here? Yeah, let me let me type that in. Sorry about that. I wasn't in the chat. Let me write this in. Sanjian nine oh nine. So the Sanjian 909s in the chat room now, but Grundig uh, is the next picture of a radio, and Grundig comes in different. Uh, they have different ones, as as well as uh, the Sanjian. The San. This is a 909. A 505. A Sanjian 505 is a wonderful little radio. It's smaller. It's not quite as powerful, but it is a very good radio for um, uh, what you get. Very good. Um, the bottom on today's post, very important. It's a local radio. You've seen these. That's a CB radio. On the top, it's a CB radio. Why is CB radio important? Because you don't have to have a license to operate it. Um, and you're going to hear local information. Now, you might hear a lot of bozos there. But there are some very interesting aspects to CB radio that we're going to cover. But the most important thing is that CB radios are easy to get your hands on, and without a license, you can talk. Now, if you have a ham radio, you can talk without a license. And I can say that's not breaking the law, because when property or person is in peril, you don't have to have life threatening here. You could just have somebody in peril uh, or property you know, being vandalized. You can get on a ham radio and report it. You don't have to have a license. But most of the time when people aren't familiar with ham radio, they don't know how to use it in the first place, so it's hard for them to re you know, report anything. CB radio, you turn on the power, you turn on the uh, channel you want, and talk. And uh, everybody knows that truckers on the highway and people that are running the highway all report to each other where the cops are up ahead on Channel 19. So there are other uh, channels on CB radio. You have 40 channels on CB radio. Some, though, have some frequencies in between the channels, and they call those sidebands. And so once you get into listening on the CB radio, there are international clubs that talk to each other worldwide. Wait a minute. I thought, yes, that's right. Legally, they're only supposed to make 5-watt radios, okay? But there are some nations <laughs> out there that allow more than 5 watts on their CB radios, okay? See, America is turned very fascist and control lots of our lives 
that the rest of the world doesn't have to worry about. But but one of those uh, is the fact that we only allow 5 watts on our CB radio. But that doesn't mean that everybody in America only runs 5 watts. It only means that when you go to a website and start talking about DXing, DX means distant, okay, and the X stands for communications, crosstalk, okay, the two cro- the two lines are crossing each other, so that's talking back and forth. So distant communications. Hey, wait a minute, I thought this was local. That's right. But some people that have CB radios get the radio power increased and break the law. (laughs) And they talk worldwide. And you can belong to DX clubs. And one of them very famous is Sierra Foxtrot. And you don't have to sign or get a license or anything. And one of the ways that you'd go to, well, I'm going to have some links up on the uh, next uh, show. Uh, I won't be covering as much communications next time. But I'm going to have some links up for you. Go to the Internet and be able to sign up and get call signs that are anonymous, but allows you to be identified. And there are long-distance CB radio clubs all over the world. And in the United States, CB clubs, without all the junk, bagged language, and, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, you know, that kind of stuff with echoes and sound makers and all the kinds of junk that comes from redneck radio stuff going on, uh, They have their own little world out there in between two of the frequencies. So we're going to talk about that next time and how you can access to it. And so here's what you want. You want to at least get yourself a shortwave radio, one to listen, either a Sanjian 909, a Sanjian 505, or a Grundig. And by the way, there is a new Grundig out uh, the new Grundig radios are really, really, really nice. Um, it's called a Grundig satellite, and that's no E on the end. Okay, so it's S-A-T-E-L-L-I-T. And it's called Eaton, Eaton Grundig. Those two companies merged. So when I say Grundig, I also mean Eaton. So if you get confused because you think I'm, uh, you're thinking, oh, isn't that supposed to be? So it's Grundig, hyphen, so to speak, Eaton, E-T-O-N. That's two companies that merged, and they have this great, great new um, radio, but it's just about as expensive. As the Sanjian 909, but they're both uh, they're equal in quality. If I were still going to pick one, and I was going to spend like this one on sale price is $199, just a little bit cheaper. So if I was going to spend that much, I'd just go ahead and get the 909. But it has um, a couple things on it that the other one doesn't. Mainly uh, emergency, uh, just push the button and get emergency broadcast stuff.
but big deal. Most everybody already has that. There's another radio that's only $99, which everybody's been waiting for. And it's kind of like a walkie-talkie. It looks kind of long and narrow. It's not as big as the walkie-talkies used to be. It's kind of trimmed down, lost some weight, so to speak. And it's held in your hand, has a long antenna on it. And the sale price on it, regular price, is about 99 The sale price is 79 And it is a shortwave radio receiver, portable, with lower sideband, upper sideband, and gets AM and FM and shortwave. And you can't beat uh, the qualities good for the money. Extremely good, I think, for the money. And so I'm going to put a link in the chat to it. And uh, you're going to like this one. It's uh, it got a strange name. This radio has uh, been kind of been waited for. There's uh, certain people that they really do kind of wait for these things to pop up. And the name of it is County, believe it or not, like a county, County Com GP-5. County Com, C-O-M-M, and then the letters GP, that's a separate word. County Com is all one word, and then GP is separate, dash 5, SSB, meaning it has single sideband. It's probably, I don't know, two and a half inches wide. Uh, it might be about eight, nine inches long. It's very small, kind of a long uh, uh, thing. <laughs> now, you can get uh, a DC jack to plug into your emergency communications with it. It'll snap on your belt. That's kind of what's handy about it is it's that kind of portable. Uh, the other one you'd have to carry around uh, with a strap or you'd have to you know, put it in something, this literally just snaps right onto your belt or uh, your pants, and uh, uh, you can actually plug an antenna in it, and you can have little earbuds from both of them, by the way. They both have external plugs for antennas to plug into. If you don't want to use the built-in antenna, you can keep it down and use a different one. That's a nice, nice shortwave listening radio. But there are times when just the antenna alone on these radios uh, isn't enough. So you can you can get some antennas uh, from eBay. Just get little cheap antennas that plug into these radios, okay? And and have them. Uh, and plug them in. Sometimes they're as cheap as, they're little bitty wire things, and they're as cheap as uh, uh, $10, $15. And it's just a wire that plugs in, okay? And that will make the, uh, your you know, if you're inside the house and you need it for emergency, you just run up to your window and <laughs> hang it on top of the window curtain rails and, and bring it down to your kitchen table or your dining room table or something and string it. It's about 20 foot long, so you can string it all through the house, see, and uh, pick up the signal. And uh, so that makes it real portable. 
shortwave radio listening and having a CB. By the way, CB radios, you'll have to buy a CB antenna. And they're going to probably, you're going to probably say, I need an antenna too. And they're going to try and, oh, you're going to do it at home. Okay, then they're going to try and sell you this $100 antenna. But it's not an antenna you can put on your car. You'd have to put it on a, on a metal pole and put it up in the air, and that's too much trouble. Here's what you do. You get a magnetic CB car top antenna, one that will just attach to the roof of your car by magnet. And that's what you want. Now, there's one called Wilson. Buy a Wilson CB antenna. Why? Because it not only works in the car, it can work in your house, but it has to be attached to something. So one of the best things that you can do is to get an old metal bucket. Paint can will work, but it's not enough metal. Larger piece of metal on the top, okay? You want to have kind of a flat metal surface to attach your antenna to. Are you following me? Uh, because just putting the antenna on the wooden floor in the corner of your room is not going to pick up the signal you want. You'll want it on a piece of metal. And so a lot of people get like uh, one of these old five-gallon buckets, metal buckets. And they set it in the corner and put the magnetic antenna on it and be careful that antenna magnet is strong, okay? So when it pops on there, it's going to pop on pretty fast. And then you can put that antenna bucket <laughs> anywhere you want. And, of course, the higher that you put uh, an antenna, the much better... Uh, reception you're going to get listening to your stations that you're going to be uh, listening to. Now, the shortwave, of course, uh, antenna can be, just for listening, can be using the uh, CB, but you'll probably want to use them at the same time. So you'll probably want to use either the built-in antenna for shortwave or get a little external $10 antenna that kind of rolls up on a little reel. It's about three inches across and about a half inch thick. And we're only talking about a very thin wire, maybe a wire, uh, maybe the size of a toothpick thick. That's how thin the wire will be. And it'll pick up plenty of shortwave uh, signals. But you can plug those both in. That way you can be listening to your CB. You can be listening to your shortwave at the same time. And you can, by the way, uh, the CB radio is going to allow you to talk on it too. So, I mean by that, it's a transceiver. It's not just listening. Now, if you don't want to get a CB to talk on, your shortwave radio will pick up CB frequencies. Now, the reason why is because most shortwave radios and the ones that I showed you pictures of here are receivers for a very, very wide band of radio signals, all the way from AM, FM, medium, 
short, and long wave. In other words, it picks everything up. And so the CB range is up around 26 point something. Okay? I can get you the frequencies, but everybody can look them up. And I'm gonna, I, I've got a document that uh, I'm going to be putting up next time for CB transmitting and where that all goes and where that would be. So you've got to listen. What are you going to be listening to? Well, the most important thing that you need to remember is have the right kind of radio for the right kind of job. You're not going to be able to listen to shortwave on your CB because they're different. It's like trying to use an AM radio to listen to FM stations on, on the air. And so shortwave is shortwave. CB is a different frequency. However, I said that, and I also said that the CB uh, frequencies can be heard on a shortwave radio because they include covering that, okay? We'll get into what band they are next time. So let's talk about ways to communicate, though. What do we want to use and what are they used for? Well, CB radio is basically it's cheap. It's a tact it's tactically good. Tactically good means that uh uh it's good for uh using to on the go in the field. Uh it's inexpensive. They're uh, fairly compact. It's solid state, so sometimes you might need to uh, protect it in a bucket, okay? Ground it, put it in some foam or rubber and keep EMP away from it, or put it, an extra one in a bucket and have it ready to go if an EMP would hit. And make sure you've got one that has single sideband. Now, what that means is, it lets you get the extra channels in between the 40 that it's they come with. So single sideband is uh, it's not cheap. It's medium expensive. What do I mean by that? You could uh, about a hundred and hundred to 125 dollars. You can get a single sideband CB radio, and it's mobile. It's compact, like we talked about. Uh, it has solid state. And it's real easy to set up and an antenna. You can get one from forty dollars to seventy five bucks and uh, put it on that old paint can metal can, and you'll be all set. Just plug it in, and go, okay. Now, we often call short wave radio high frequency. And so high frequencies, are good for both strategic and tactical use. It depends on their size, how they're made. You can get a mobile unit. Mobile radios in shortwave can get expensive, real expensive, and they can get expensive fast. Um, some of those kind of radios uh, can run, you know, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars or or more. $1,200 even. And so 
Um, one of them that we talked about before was the Yezu 850-7D. The Yezu 850-7D. Now, ICOM has come out with one that has 2-meter, 6-meter, and high frequency, plus 440, by the way. All the bands, everything, all in one package, all just very portable, extremely, by the way, portable. And it's 100 watts, so it has lots of power, and uh, you can get it all in one package. But it's not cheap. $1,200 on sale. By the way, that's a $700 price tag discount, by the way. So when I say 1200 it's not like it was 1300 It's almost $2,000. So it's on sale right now. You can find it. I put the link up to it um, at universalradio.com. And I haven't mentioned the name of it, but it's an icon. And it's called an ICOM 7100. An ICOM 7100. The list price is usually $19.99 or $2,000. And it's on sale with the instant rebate of $1,204.95. So basically, you're getting eight hundred and ninety-five dollars off. If I was a if I was a ham and I was looking for a radio and I had about that much budget, I'd go right to it, instantly go to it. But I didn't have that kind of budget. Don't have that kind of budget. Some people uh, do. <laughs> so anyway, there you go for the shortwave. But what's the what's the important thing? Well. Communications on shortwave radios will also let you listen to military, <laughs> uh, let you listen to fire department. All kinds of frequency guides are available for shortwave listening. Frequency guides are important to have. And I will be putting up some more frequency guides, but this guide that I put up on the Waterman Files today is your start because in there will be some guides. What's that mean? Where frequencies to go to for what kind of thing you're wanting to listen to. But let's continue to talk about the different kinds of, uh, of radios. Within the ham radio uh, arena is something called UHF. That's the one where you don't hear the lightning strikes. You know, you'll be listening to a radio and the lightning goes in and you hear that kind of sound. That's the regular high-frequency shortwave bands. But when you go to FM radio and you listen to your favorite jazz music, you don't hear those lightning strikes in a thunderstorm, do you? I mean, it can be storming locally. and you're never going to hear a lightning, at least not on the radio. But if you're listening to an AM station, you're going to hear the lightning. So that's the difference. But UHF is extremely clear, but it only goes short distances. You'd be lucky 
if it went 50 miles. Now, I did a test, okay? I had a man that had a an antenna way up high, and he had UHF radio, and I had one in my car, and we were going to see how far it would go. And we got it to go 300 miles before it faded out. I got it to go from just over the border in Oklahoma to almost the Iowa line. Uh, I don't know. I think that's about 300 miles. Maybe it's further. But that's how far we could go. But that's not normal. Uh, Let me put it this way. If you live in Texas and you're in the south part of Texas, you're not going to reach the north part of Texas. (laughs) Not with UHF. Um, UHF, if for those that are interested and know what I'm talking about, that's your 2-meter and your 440 radios. The use is very tactical. It's for movement in the field, in cars, navigating, going places, talking to each other. A strategic means you're basically talking from a location that's in a headquarters or a radio room, and you're disseminating information to people worldwide or into cars somewhere on off an antenna on your house or by your house, etc. So the difference between tactical and strategic is uh, one is more command center oriented. That'd be your strategic that gives information to listeners even in the field. One-way communications is usually strategic. Tactical is where two people are coordinating an activity between two people to accomplish a task. And so 2-meter and 440 are tactical because they're using that to usually coordinate. It's very cheap, by the way. They are very cheap. They are very portable or or mobile. They're solid state. And they're not considered AM or shortwave. They're called FM. Very quiet, high-quality sound. So that hopefully gives you a little bit of an idea. And these things that we're talking about basically today is talking mainly about one-way communications. Let me get a drink. One-way communications, that would be your shortwave radio receiver, the portable Sanjian, the Grundig, the Radio Shack, uh, maybe even uh, the American-made Sea uh, Crane Radio Company or uh, your Degen or your Cato, and, the, and those two are you're going to be wishing you didn't have <laughs> if you get into an emergency. Uh, so you'll probably want to stick to the Sanjians, the Grundigs, and depending on which model you get from C-Crane, that kind. And if you don't have any other way to power it and you want to have a crank radio, that's fine. But you're going to compromise most comprom- most crank radios that have a little built-in crank for power. They don't have very good reception because their receiver components are not very sensitive, and you might miss stuff. So, shortwave 
receivers are for information gathering. Now, they are anywhere from cheap to expensive, (laughs) okay? And usually you get what you pay for in this category. We were talking about the antenna to hook up to both a CB and a shortwave radio. By the way, both of them can be homemade. But it's a lot cheaper and a lot easier just to go buy a car top magnet CB antenna. Trust me, you can't make them hardly cheaper. You can make them, but... You're going to have to dig up materials, and you'll probably wish you just gone ahead and got a magnetic antenna. Hey, you know why? Because you can throw it in your car now. All of these radios, shortwave listening and um, CB radios, do not plug into 110. They run off battery power. And if it's not double A batteries, like maybe if it's eight double A's or six double A's or however many double uh, A's run it, then there's an adapter you can plug into the wall. But that's how you have to run these ra- uh, radios on alternative power besides the battery. CB radio is designed to run off the car battery, so it's 12 volt, Okay. So you can throw a car battery in your house on the floor and hook up the CB radio to it and put a little trickle charge on your battery when you're not using it and keep your little battery charged up and you'll have plenty of power for a CB radio. Plenty. So the power supplies... Uh, vary depending on whether you're talking about low wattage like 5 watt CB radio or whether you're talking about high power like 100 watt but all equipment should be able to run on easily, easily obtained batteries in other words don't get something that has a special battery in it, okay? If you don't see AA or AAA or d size battery, don't get it. Just don't get it. I always like to have external power plug on my portable radios. The Sanjians have them. The Grundigs have them. The Radio Shacks have them. Even the Cato and the Degen. 1101s have an external plug for power so that if you don't have any batteries but you've got a way to plug it into something and that plug by the way I'm talking is 110 but if you have a power system that's uh, run by uh, solar power and oh by the way uh, no news has come in from the new solar battery company they are so backed up I haven't heard a word Okay, but you'll hear it as soon as I get it. But you'll want your radios to be battery driven. You'll want to also obtain for your car an inverter. You can go into the automotive department at Target, say for example, and 
buy a car inverter. Or you can go to Cabela's, or you can go to the Internet, or you can go to Pro Bass Shop, and you can get you an inverter. Why? So that you can have a 110 power supply off your battery if you need it, just to plug stuff in. Because sometimes your your radio may not go on 12 volt. It may only be 6 volt. So you do not want to plug your 6 volt radio into your car because that's 12 volt. It'll blow it up. So you just want to convert it using a power supply. They're about 40 bucks. You plug it in your cigarette lighter. And then you plug your adapter you have that goes to your radio into it and it will deliver the correct power. Okay? That way you'll have always a way to power your radio. Now, by the way, (laughs) there's always facts, but that means you have to have Wire. Well, that's like saying, well, there's always email. Well, that means you have to have access to email wherever you might be. If you're out in the middle of a field or you're out and away from somebody, you may not have Internet connection. You may not have phone connection. But if you have radios, that's the key. You'll have reception. By Wednesday, I'm going to have some documents loaded up on the Waterman Files and Communications again. And uh, it's um, a a chart that I just went over. I just went over all this, and I have notes for it. And uh, it talks about UHF, HF, CB, phone, all the, what, what you use it for, the cost of it, the type, and some notes. And, uh... Gives everybody some information. Oh, I got a question. Yeah, we can talk that. Okay, I'll I'll get into the chat. And uh, then down below are related issues. And uh, then I have some areas for notes. And that's the first handout we're going to be putting up. But we've got some more to cover yet today. Here's a question. Is there time to discuss protecting these radios from... EMP attacks, they sure, yes, we can talk about that now. Hang on just a second, let me get a drink. First first of all, what is an EMP? An EMP is an electromagnetic pulse. An electromagnetic pulse that we're going to be concerned with is going to be coming from the sun. The web bots predicted it. The military is predicting it's going to probably happen. The National Never a Straight Answer Agency, the oh, uh, NASA, is predicting there's going to be one. And so what does that do? It sends an electrical charge through the air, and what happens is that electrical electricity going through the air will collect on anything metal. Since you and I are are organic, basically, it's not going to bother us. I've often wondered, though, if you've got fillings in your teeth. (laughs) 
if you're going to feel anything. You might. You know, you just, I mean, it's going to be such a powerful, uh, solar flares have a lot of uh, electromagnetic pulse to them. We're talking lots of volts. And uh, so you're going to never, never know. You might get a little tingle in the tooth. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what it'll do is it causes things to short out and get overloaded. And since micro circuitry is so lightweight, it can't handle much of a, of a power surge. I mean, we're talking milliamps or very, you know, like one thousandths of a of a volt, you know, not just real low amounts of power is all they're made to run on. Like the circuit board in your computer, if you open up your computer and look at it, you see these little bitty lines on the boards. They only handle a minute amount of electricity, very small amount. It's all it's all converted into DC, by the way. It's not alternating. Those metal parts, those circuits will collect the electromagnetic pulse and it will overpower those circuits and they will melt. They'll short. Uh, and all these electrical computer component things are going to burn up from an EMP. So how do you protect that kind of equipment? Well, you have to shield it. You have to put it behind something so that it can't get into it. That means it has to be behind metal. Hang on just a second again. I just ordered a hot drink so I can get my throat cleaned up here and quit being uh, coughing on you. So we have EMP load up on these little circuits, and the EMP is like a uh, uh, like a television station or a radio station or a cell tower. It sends the pulse through the air. And these electromagnetic uh, pulses collect on our transmission and electrical lines, the cable lines to television and Internet. Uh, they collect inside the car's electrical systems, and the electronic, electronic uh, ignition systems will fry, and so the cars will stop. And the only ones that will keep going are the old-time, like uh, if you have an old John Deere, that has these old, old type of electrical systems with a magneto in it, it won't, it, it might, it might uh, cause it to quit running, but you can at least go start it again, okay? The heavier the metal, the thicker, the more uh, durable and old timey something electrically is, the more chance it has of surviving an electromagnetic pulse. And so electromagnetic pulses are going to affect different kinds of equipment different ways. In uh, today's society, if there was an electromagnetic pulse, we're anticipating every single solitary cell phone is going to be out. 
more than likely, most of the computer systems and the Internet will be out. Satellites will be fried. So now you're beginning to get the picture. So why? what we need to do is protect our equipment. Here's how you have to protect your equipment. The electricity going through the air is going to collect on your equipment, or you can stop it from getting to it by putting uh, it inside a metal container. That metal container, though, has to be grounded. No, you can't just set it on your concrete floor in your basement. That's not grounding it. What you'll want to do is get a wire and drill into... Here's, how, here's what I would do. Go get you one of those 30-gallon metal trash cans from one of these uh, farm and fleet places or tractor supply or Orschlands or whatever you've got. A metal one. It has to be solid metal. No screen mesh is not for an EMP. No, not the kind of metal that has holes in it that you can see inside through the microwave windows. That is not there's two with electromagnetic pulse is not let me say this uh, twice too electromagnetic pulse is not a Faraday uh, application Faraday cage is to stop radio frequencies EMP is an electromagnetic pulse they're different one is basically electricity. Think of lightning. And then think of just a sound wave. They're two different things. EMP is like the electricity, and radio is like sound waves you're stopping. You can, and if a sound wave is, you know, three foot tall, well, it's not going to go in a hole one foot big. It stops it. So those kind of things, like your microwave, they have holes that are smaller than the size of the microwave, and so it doesn't get out that window, but you can see in to your microwave and see something cooking. I don't use microwave, but you can. That hole, of course, would let electromagnetic pulse through because it's electricity. <laughs> So you have to have a solid metal trash can type thing with a lid on it, the kind that has a little handle on it. But you don't just sit your radio equipment or your computer uh, laptop or whatever in there without putting some insulation in it. You have to shield and keep the equipment from touching. Okay? Now, foam is good. But some foam isn't because it can carry an electric. So just get a good rubber foam and line your trash can, put it in the bottom, and then, and then layer your foam in there and put your next item in there. So put it in the bottom. Maybe you put, uh, say, uh, a radio. And then you put some foam in. And then the next thing you lay in would be maybe a laptop or another radio. And so you fill your trash can up. And as soon as you get the trash can 
pretty close to the top, then you fill it in with some more foam on the top. Put the trash can on and make sure that none of the equipment touches any of the sides, bottoms, or tops of the trash can. When you put the lid on, there's a little crack around the outside edge of that lid that's closing the trash can. Yes, that's enough to let electricity in, unfortunately, so here's what you have to do. There is, at the um, store, a metallic duct tape. It's a shiny, silver-colored metal tape. And you're going to want to wrap it around the edge of your trash can. It's a metal tape. And you'll want to seal the lid on your trash can. Now, make sure you got enough for two or three times because you might have to get in it and then seal it back up. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, to ground it, if you turn one of these trash cans upside down, usually you will see that the edge of it, uh, the bottom is up about a half inch to an inch below the bottom of the trash can. In other words, around the outside edge is just this edge of the metal and it's not just flat like a glass you put on your table that you drink from. Its, it's uh, bottom is raised up a little bit, and so it's standing on the edge of the can, the uh, outside of the can, and it's about a half inch to an inch. What you're going to do is you're going to drill a hole in that. You're not drilling a hole into the inside of the trash can. You're drilling it in the bottom around the edge where you're going to see it pop out. In other words, you're going to put a screw in there or a bolt. And what you're going to do is you're going to attach a wire to that, and you're going to run the wire to either a water pipe that's metal. It's got to be metal. (laughs) Do not attach it to the gas pipe unless you like to light your house gas up with electricity, okay? then you won't have to worry about radios ever again. And take this and run it over to a, if you don't have anything, just run the wire out a window or over to a floor and put a rod, a metal rod, into the ground, and it's grounded. You can put these in your garage. You can put them in a shed. You can put them in, but if you put them in your house, you're going to run that wire to somewhere that gets into the ground. Now, Since you might have a basement, what you'll want to do is get a drill and drill through the concrete floor. Now, if you have water in your basement, I don't think that would be a good idea. Uh, But you'll want to get all the way into the ground with like a, a foot or two of a metal rod, and then you just ground the trash can. And this is how you can protect your equipment for the future. So one of the other things that you can do uh, to uh, hopefully keep from that happening is to get older radio equipment. But they're hard to find. The reliability is hard. And here's the biggest problem. They don't run on batteries. You have to plug them into the outlet. And the 110 may not be available. And that's what's so good about modern radios 
and having batteries. And by the way, put your batteries in the can too. Put extra batteries in that can. But if you have an electrical charge, you know, if you have a crank charger or any of that kind of equipment, anything. Uh, I don't even, uh, if you have, um, uh, if, you, if you're like a, if you are a, uh, live with your electric blender and you can't live without it and you've got a battery set up to power it and everything, so if the power goes out, you've got a blender. Well, you're going to have to put a blender in one of those because it'll go out. Okay. Uh, toasters may or may not because they're made to handle lots of heat, see, and they may not even go out. But what are you going to plug it into if the power's gone? Most of this EMP problem that we're all talking about today uh, here is going to affect the electrical system of the country. The WebBot report, by the way, I just, right before the show, I cut it pretty close because they were late getting started. I was on uh, uh, television in uh, Connecticut today uh, via the phone. Uh, talking about the WebBot report. And there's two things that uh, I wanted to remind everybody is that we're going to have this electrical EMP problem. It's a good reason to start getting ready to protect your equipment. And we're also also going to have um, electrical outages um, by the uh, uh, weather problems that we're going to have. The weather problems are going to create electrical outages in some of the area, according to WebBot, uh, says that in these are going to be big areas, regions uh, covering, you know, more than like one county, maybe uh, parts of two or three states, something like that, and that their power isn't going to come back for possibly years. So um, that's uh, kind of uh, troubling, for sure. And uh, one of the things that uh, you're going to want to do when you get all this done is, remember, folks, your house, if you're into a more modern house, most of your plumbing is not metal, okay? It's not, not, not metal. About the only thing coming metal into a home anymore is gas. And I'm hearing that's going to be changing, so... Don't hook anything up to any of your plumbing. Don't hook anything up to your electrical systems in your house to ground it or power it if you want to stay in the business of being in contact. Now, let me tell you how. Uh, imagine, if you will, this scenario. Jade Helm erupts into all hell on earth in certain parts of this country. The cell towers are turned off. Or maybe an EMP comes. Hmm. Blamed on ISIS, of course. But how are you going to know what it's going to be blamed on when your cell phone's out, your internet's out, your television's out, and your plug-in power supplies and all your electricity in your home's gone? You wouldn't even have a hope of knowing what happened to the electricity and you might see it go out, and you go, oh, man, it's hot here. I guess it's uh, going to come on in an hour, and so an hour goes by, and then three hours, a half a day, and then the next day. By that time, you know, by the next day, you go out and you go, has the neighbor's got power? 
And so everybody's out in their front yards, and they're going, have you got power? You know, everybody starts talking. Nobody knows a damn thing because they don't have communications. Maybe somebody on the block goes, I've got a portable radio, and I've been listening, and guess what? The power grid's going to be down for weeks and weeks. Well, the weeks stretch into months. And your grocery store bill is going to be atrocious if you can buy any food at all, right? How do you cut to the chase of knowing what's going on without, you know, all this trouble? You have a radio to listen to. That's how you get to it. And what you're going to tune into is going to be shortwave. And the reason why is there's a group of us that have transmitting shortwave radios, and we're going to be on a pre-assigned frequency we're going to talk about next time, so that you can hear the news and what's up unless we've been wiped out ourselves. Um, yeah, that could happen. I mean, you never know. Uh, the only thing that could keep shortwave radios uh, from uh, being useful and working is that they block them or jam them. But they would have to jam the entire radio frequency spectrum. And by that time, I'll just put it to you bluntly, when people that have radios realize what's going on like that is being jammed across the entire radio spectrum, they're going to be pulling out that other kind of communicator out of the closet that goes bang, and they're going to go fix the problem. You just stand by your radio, and you continue to listen. Be prepared to listen and have your radio on 24 hours a day. So that kind of gives you some kind of idea of the battery power that you're going to have to have. So at least get you a car-sized battery and at least get you some way to charge it. The best thing to do, in my opinion, is to get a goal zero system. Uh, we have them, and of course, uh, that's a shameless plug, but hey, if, we, if you're going to get one, you'd be supporting the Waterman Files doing it. No, we don't charge anymore, sometimes even less than other people. But that's not your only source. And I'm not sure that this new uh, solar battery system that's being put out by Tesla is going to be out in time. They said they were going to be shipping by the end of the month. If it was June, I'd be surprised. But if they have any kind of hiccup whatsoever and they can't start shipping till like or you know late fall, well it might be too late. So a 400 goal zero system is available, and uh, just contact us uh, anyway, uh, simply your food.com or call us 702-543-1828. But get yourself a deep cycle battery. If you go to the store, go to the tractor supply. Uh, did I say 400? Yeah, it's uh, what 
the 400 is it's 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 giving you some kind of idea of the of the amperage that you can expect now it might allow you to have a 400 amps but the connections have to have that much ability too and not very many connectors are 400 amp but what's nice about the goal zero 400 or is it the 450 i can't remember if it's 400 or 450 but anyway it's Oh, it's a 150, that's a little one, and a 400. There's also a bigger one, but uh, the 400's great for radio. And uh, it has 30-amp output. So you can put your uh, uh, radios on the the 30-amp output because they usually require, if you're transmitting, they require 30 amp. If you're listening, you don't need near 30 amp. Okay? Goal zero goes all the way up to this hefty uh, 1,250 watt uh, uh, emergency power system. Uh, let me tell you, uh, one normal guy without back problems, like me, cannot carry this battery system and put it in a truck. Well, if he can, he's a pretty hefty guy, strong guy. It's a two-man, has handles on the side. Two men carry it and can put it into a pickup truck. Uh, and so that kind of gives uh, you know you the idea, hey, once you put it down, that's where it's probably going to stay. But not so with the 400 and, of course, the 150s, even smaller, so. That's what you need for radios. And then all you need, in addition to that, is one uh, appropriate-sized solar panel to charge it. And get one small enough that you can put it inside something to protect it before you need it. And then, hey, a lot of people go, well, if the sun isn't out, well, if the sun's, even if the sun was clouded, like uh, from... um, you know, they call it the uh, nuclear winter. If it clouded our skies for three days, we I don't care if it's July or August, uh, you're going to have uh, problems with freezing. Because this planet gets cooled off pretty quick if you can go three straight days without sunlight. Okay. So that ought to give you some kind of idea about protecting uh, your equipment and... Uh, one of the things that you want uh, to know is that some of the new technologies coming out uh, as far as solar panels are going to make a difference on how much you pay for them. Really, really good systems are the solid, hail-proof, tempered glass, uh, fixed 30-watt panels that are a decent price, extremely rugged. You can get one, though, that's a little bit smaller, that folds up. It's mounted in, say, a backpack-type foldable, um, uh, uh, oh, gosh, uh, I don't want to say pouch, but it's kind of like a, a trifold bag or a, a canvas type of thing that you can unfold and lay it on a bush or put it over your shoulder on your backpack and then leave it open while you're walking, and it'll charge it's very lightweight. 
and they're and they're f- solid. They're fixed. There are some newer ones that are very flexible, and you can roll these solar panels up. But you're going to pay a lot of money for them. They they do provide you plenty of solar uh, power, though. They do a great job. They can rival any solid fixed panel, uh, but um, they are not near the the kind of uh, price that you're going to be paying for the others. So some t- most of us have to kind of take a, a compromise, you know, between them. If you want a bigger system than that, uh, 400, you're going to want a 100-watt panel. If you got, say, the 400 to 30-watt panel is fine or even smaller is bad, uh, good. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, it just takes longer to charge your unit back up. So that's kind of how that goes. And that way you have power go out. You're going to have some kind of way to communicate or listen and know what's going on. And there's nothing like wondering what's going on. Imagine your life for three days where you don't turn on the computer, get on the Internet, you put line in the drawer, turn it all off, don't get on the radio, don't get on television. And if you have any kind of communications at all, it's smoke signals, okay? I doubt seriously you would uh, be able to do it. Because we're, we begin to realize how important it's almost like, okay, guys, I've got to plan this. I'm going to be on vacation. What do you mean? I'm going to be on vacation. Are you going to go? No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to go in my living room. Well, that's not vacation. Oh, yeah, it is because I'm turning off the phone, the TV, the radio, the cell phone, uh, and even smoke signals. And then you begin to see, well, for some of us, it'd be a nice break, right? But pretty soon you begin to wonder what's going on. Have you ever been gone over the weekend, come home? You go, okay, let's go check the messages. Do you know that over 95% of American people have no pre-planned communication system set up for loved ones should something happen. Nothing. They have nothing planned. Here's another way to look at it. Say you're married and you both work in different places. In the middle of the day, We have one of these storms, and it takes out the power. The traffic lights all go down. All hell erupts on the streets and highways. And somebody, particularly female, would probably not feel very secure leaving their work or place of employment and getting on the road. And what if it's an EMP and the car is not going to start? And what if she drove only 30 minutes to work 
How long is it going to take to walk home? And will that walk be safe? And is she even going to know where to go? Is she going to go home or is she going to go somewhere else? Now you begin to see the importance of communications. Now you begin to see why oftentimes I will call somebody and say, we are going out of town. If you don't hear from us, uh, something's happened. When we get back, we'll let you know when we're back. But at least somebody knows. Do you have that? Do you have loved ones that you're with every day, day in, day out? Maybe every single solitary day you plan on it always being there. But do you have an alternative? And maybe you might need to have a rendezvous location. Have you ever thought of making it somewhere that's public? If you do a restaurant or something like that, it's going to be kind of hard because it has to be open. You might think of somewhere that you know is accessible 24 hours a day to rendezvous. But if you have your own radio systems, what are we talking about there? Well, you could have hand talkies, GMRS, GMRS, GMRS. That's the family radio. You can get them from Cabela's, Gander Mountain. You can get them online. But just remember, they're only going to go about a mile or two, okay? They don't go 36 miles like they oh, this will go 36 miles. It won't go that far. But if you have an EMP and it hits your car, it's going to take out that GMRS radio, too, unless you have put that radio in your vehicle inside a metal box and protected it. So you can get stuff to put smaller items like a handheld radio in a smaller box. You can get like a metal toolbox, uh, something like that, and you're going to have to pad it all up and have it ready and just put it in there for the future. Something that you'll then pop out and use at the appropriate time. Just make sure it can reach far enough. So what would you do? If you can afford it, then get you a cheap CB radio. Oops, you're going to have to have battery power. Well, believe it or not, more than likely, your battery will be okay in your car. Really. But the electronics is going to be fried. Just unhook all that battery cable, so make sure you've got your little Gerber tool or whatever to get it all unhooked. Okay, take the wires out off the the battery terminals. And get ready to hook up your CB radio directly. So you're going to plan this all out. you got to connect it, not through. Don't plan on it going to the cigarette lighter. You're going to have to directly connect it to the battery. Well, I know some people that have prearranged that, and they have two different connections to their battery post, and so some of them have already put a wire from their battery through and into their car, and it just hangs there ready to be connected to. And sometimes they have their radio connected up to it. Now, if you have two radios and one blows, you can just reconnect up the one that's not.
We have a lot yet to cover, lots and lots and lots of stuff. And the best thing that you can do is avail yourself of all that kind of information that is available by first getting this book. I'm going to be giving you a lot of communications uh, uh, paperwork to know what to listen to next time, where to call, uh, you know, all this information will be downloadable, and you better write it down when you see it, even if you just pull it up, okay? Get some kind of basic understanding of what you want to do, and if you want to start asking questions during our next broadcast, which I plan on this being Wednesday, uh, talking some more about communications, and I'll begin to answer your personal questions on what you think you might need. I'll be glad to do that for you. You send those questions ahead of time, too, and I can answer them for everybody on the air if you want. You just email them to me at groundcrew at unseen.is. Groundcrew at unseen, U-N-S-E-E-N dot I-S. By the way, um, make sure you send uh, the link to our private broadcast page and the passwords to your friends. It's not that big a secret. I just was keeping the bad guys away. I hope your friends are good guys <laughs> so they can listen to the show too. I've been asked to go over the specials we've got for food, and so I'm going to do that now. Uh, for everybody, to let you know, we still have some ground beef hamburger, freeze-dried. Uh, wonderful stuff, actually. On sale, usually $62.49. It's $43.79, so it's almost $20 a can off. Folks, if you've got to have some protein and you want some hamburger for storage, 25-year type thing for the shelf, two years after it's open. This is it right here. Uh, we have uh, a new one. We have refried beans, instant refried beans. I hear they're pretty good. I'm not a refried bean person. We have another new one is um, sliced onions. Doesn't that sound good? Can you imagine rehydrating an onion and throwing them in the frying pan and caramelizing it and throw it on that hamburger? Oof. We have guacamole, and that's been so popular. Um, you can still buy it while it's on sale, but, uh, hey, it's uh, out of stock. <laughs> It'll be back in, though. We have a freeze-dried cilantro. cilantro. We have green chili peppers, freeze-dried. Uh, a favorite, by the way, happens to be our Colby shredded cheese. And, wow, it's uh, over... I can't hardly read that. Let me get a different... Let me get my glasses on here. Now I can see it. 
$59.99 or $60. A penny from $60 is now $48. Uh, that's for the Colby cheese. You're, you'd, you'd like this if you had to have. We have shredded Monterey cheese, by the way, too. It's on sale for $42.39. Freeze-dried, both of those. And we have sour cream powder. Can you imagine? You're sitting in your house, the lights are out, you have your volcano stove, you're warming up some ground beef, getting ready to put some onion slices and a little bit of zesty guacamole on there, and you're going to sprinkle it with a little bit of Colby cheese. And maybe to indulge yourself, you're going to throw some sour cream uh, on a baked potato. And all those people out in the streets going crazy and hungry won't know any different. (laughs) So, that uh, also, by the way, there's a, a Fiesta pack. Now, what this is, it's a um, ground beef, sour cream powder, Colby Jack, Monterey Jack, uh, green chili, uh, cilantro, instant refried beans, and blah, 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 the whole thing, all together uh, in a special uh, pack. And if you want the whole thing all together... Sounds like I guess you could basically have. Uh, I could trade this. I could trade the refined beans for something else. <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, there's a special price on it. It looks like uh, 121.19 for looks like uh, 13 cans. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, any questions, put them in the chat room. If not, we're going to call it good. It's been my pleasure, by the way. Tonight he said he'd have the uh, interview that I did on cable TV up. If he does, tonight I'll put up the YouTube. He's going to be uh, putting it up on YouTube, and then I will take the YouTube and embed it on the Water and Files, and you can see... Hey, by the way, for those of you that don't know this, you know that Cliff High, who known the man by the name of Cliff High, because uh, that's not his real name, is uh, always been incognito. He's never, never said or let anybody see him or anything, and. Uh, this month, maybe it was last, late last month, uh, he said, Fooey, it's getting close to the end. And he put up three videos explaining some of his own personal philosophies about things, which I really don't care about. And uh, for the first time, <laughs> there was a picture of him. Video. So uh, that's going to be in the YouTube video that I'll be putting up so you'll be able to see him. Just email me, yes, email me with any questions you might have. Uh, 
And yes, I've got a lot of embedding. I was uh, out of town getting stuff out of storage, getting ready for these hard times ahead, folks. So I was out of pocket for two days and I uh, wasn't putting any of the past shows up. So i got to get caught up. It's been my pleasure being with you today. I'll have those shows up shortly and the YouTube of my interview on uh, public television. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.